Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Being authentic or authenticity can be frequently used and sometimes even overused buzzwords in our world currently. But I read something this week that made me totally rethink what authenticity actually means which isn't just about trying to share unfiltered pictures or a messy, imperfect moments of our lives. This definition goes deeper into self-acceptance and the way we act, maybe even more importantly, in our private lives and even the thought processes in our own minds and what it really takes to be able to sleep well at the end of the day, knowing you stayed true to the person you are completely and authentically. I feel like authenticity can sometimes be overused, uh, used to death a little bit lately and in our current social climate, but there's a new take on authenticity that I read recently that I thought was so good that I thought we could do basically a whole podcast episode about it. So it's from Brene Brown, her gifts of imperfection, and this is what she says. Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Choosing authenticity means cultivating the courage to be imperfect, to set boundaries, and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we are all made of strength and struggle and nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe that we are enough. Authenticity demands wholehearted living and loving, even when it's hard even when we're wrestling with the shame and fear of not being good enough, and especially when the joy is so intense that we're afraid to let ourselves feel it. Mindfully practicing authenticity during our most soul-searching struggles is how we invite grace, joy, and gratitude into our lives. There's so much goodness there that I kind of want to unpack it one piece at a time. So the very first thing she says where she says, Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are is super powerful. That thought of who we are supposed to be comes from childhood. It comes from friends. It comes from parents and peers and whatever social environment we're in. In fact, I remember talking to a woman that we went to church with in San Clemente. And it was kind of when I really started working a ton as a working mother. And I told her that I felt like a misfit in our church community because I felt like there weren't very many working moms. And she was like, oh, Corinne, it's just, it's just because of environment and where we live. She said, if you lived in LA, when I lived in LA and we had to have meetings, she was in like a leadership position she said, we always had to have them at night because every mom was a working mom and they all had nine to five or six or 7 p.m. jobs. So our meetings were always at seven or 8 p.m. on a weeknight because everybody just worked. And so she was like, it's not that you're the only working mom. It's that that's what you're surrounded by. And that's what you feel like the 
community pressure is telling you that, oh, a good mom looks like a mom that does this and she her day looks like that. And because yours looks different, you're questioning who you are and if you're doing the right thing. But it doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing if you don't look exactly like your neighbors. And that was really powerful to me. But how does this speak to you? The daily practice of letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and embracing who you are. That is a very deep thought and question because so much of my life I felt like I've played to or tried to fit like a role Mm -hmm. almost like, and I don't know, maybe it's because my dad was, he was a, a director in theater for a high school for several years and just very like performance oriented. But, you know, I grew up watching musicals and plays and, and saw acting and for some reason, I don't know, maybe that rubbed off on me in a weird way. And I just felt like whatever situation I was in, I was trying to act a certain way or perform a certain way based off of like a role that I thought was ideal for Mm -hmm. that particular situation. And the sad thing is, is I think I missed out on so many opportunities to just really connect with different people or make friends or have a legitimate impact because I could have shared something or, or if I just would have been me, it it would have gone a lot better. I think from that standpoint, it's really this whole concept of being yourself and being authentic and sharing from the heart is a new thing for me in the last, I don't know, 10 or so years or more. Mm -hmm. But from what I've seen, like those are the times that I feel like are the best and that I'm my best self and that I have the most fun and that I enjoy life the most and that I have the best influence on other people and make the most friends. And it's in the times where I'm not being that, that I don't feel the best, that I don't make you always friends. feel like you're chasing something or, or yeah, or I'm, I'm constantly trying to be something other than I am mm-hmm. currently. And it's making me very unhappy. Right. Well, yesterday I was talking to my friend Billy. And so if you listen to last week's episode, I, it was like almost, it almost felt like a, I don't know, an unscripted, not that any of this is scripted, but it was like, it felt like almost a sneaky recording of a conversation that I had with a friend when I sat with Bree and talked to her all about my body and where I'm at with all of that. And just things came out that I totally didn't expect to come out where I just was like, okay, let's talk about, I'll just tell you exactly where I am. And I hadn't had that conversation with anyone really yet. So yesterday I was talking to my friend Billy, who is a life coach. She's also been on the podcast before. And I was saying, okay, Billy, I feel guilt trying to fit these workouts into my schedule because I am already not getting everything done that I need to get done. So I feel like I should be working out, but I also should be getting all this stuff done. And so I just feel like it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. And So she got back on and we were Marco poloing back and forth. And she was like, well, I'm hearing you say should a lot. And she said something so epic that I wrote it down. She said, the word should is shame normalized. I was like, oh my gosh, Billy, that's so good and so true. Then she had me practice 
saying some other things instead of I should. So she said, write these down and practice one thing, like pick one of them that feels good to you. So I wrote down, instead of saying I should, I'm learning to, I'm open to, I'm considering. Maybe it's possible that instead of saying I should, so I chose I'm learning to make time for workouts instead of I should. And it feels a lot better to say that. I think that so much of what I've thought of with authenticity a lot of times is like, oh, just be real. But I, but this new idea, and funny enough, I actually love that social media app, Be Real. But this idea of authenticity is letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and embracing who you are. Is a, it, That for me is a mind shift. That's a totally different way of thinking of it. Letting go of the expectations you've placed on yourself or others have placed on you and just being who you are. It's a really powerful thought. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that's super. I I love that definition of should because it does. I think it implies like, well, if I were a good person, Mm -hmm. if I were better, if I were there's there's an like an implication of a deficit, like a personal yes. deficit whenever you say should, like, well, I should do that. And and then it's followed up by a, either a lot of like personal justification or personal shaming or negative self-talk usually follows that of like, well, man, but this and I'm not that. And I'm and it can elicit like this entire like cascade of negativity personal attacking. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's really a very powerful thought. And I I think self-talk is super important, understanding how to, how to talk to yourself or even what, how you refer to yourself in conversations. That's something that I didn't learn or even consider until not too long ago. (laughs) Like my whole life, I'm like, oh, well, if I want results, I just beat up on myself and tell myself like, you're such a loser, do this or do that. Like that's completely inaccurate. Like to get performance out of yourself, somehow that's going to help. That's old school thinking. I think with a lot of us felt like you, you always refer to, you must've had a mean football coach because you always refer to (laughs) like this, this imaginary football football coach. coach. Yes. cutting you down and just telling you how big of a worthless loser you are and get up, get after it. And, or like kind of the drill sergeant approach. My piano teacher was that way. She was, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of people experience this. She was hard on me and it did drive results and I don't blame any, there's, there's no like unresolved childhood issues with my piano teacher. I have, I very much love and respect <laughs> her, but I'm just saying that that was the way that she taught me was and mentored yeah. me was, uh, this isn't perfect. And at some, at some piano lessons too, she would say, if you come back to me and do this this way one more time, like don't even bother coming to your lesson. You're just done. I'm not going to keep you as a student. <laughs> she was that hardcore. And then I remember the one time I performed flawlessly, didn't make a single mistake at a piano competition. Her form of a compliment was, well, good. Now I know that you're capable of that. So I'm going to expect it every time. What gets quick results. I think you get the quick results, but the emotional scarring for the years to come, you know, it's like the trade-off. I don't, yeah, I don't feel emotionally (laughs) scarred, but I do think that it does contribute to that chatter in your head of, 
gosh, I'm not good enough. Gosh, like my best still just is a cumulative. I suck. That's definitely not how God wants us to feel about ourselves. And the thought of just embracing who we are instead of trying to be something else is such an interesting thought because who you are is not, oh, I saw this. Okay. This is such a great analogy. And maybe everyone's heard of this, but I I saw it the other day and I was like, that's so powerful. They talked about a water bottle, like a Dasani water bottle, right? And how if you buy it at the airport, it might be $6.99. And then at a gas station, it might be $3.99. And then at like a Kroger store or whatever, it might be like 99 cents or whatever. But it's the same everywhere. Like it has the same value. It's just in different atmospheres is what's being shown at different values. But the content and the the actual true value of what you're getting from a Dasani water bottle is the same. It's just depending on the environment and the people that are deciding, oh, I'm going to price this or define this this thing's worth when actually like the core of it does not change anywhere. So I think being exactly who we are, when you get down to like the actual core of who you are, I am a child of God. I am a literal daughter of God. That doesn't change depending on how well I performed at my piano competition or how many things I checked off on my to-do list today. It's the same every day. I think we, we feel more aligned. At least I feel more aligned when I'm thinking in those terms than when I'm thinking of the endless list of if I just checked off enough of these things, then I would feel like I'm enough. Yeah. And I think someone recently asked me, it was just in an interview that we did, what are the roots of your addiction? We were talking about like sources, why you're an addict or what are you boiling it down after you do this work? So what's the root cause? And one of the ones that's big was big for me or, or is big for me is external validation or mm. just validation in general is discovering that man, as a kid, like to be validated from other people or for other people to tell you that you're special or you're amazing or wow, you did X, Y, Z, and therefore you are cool or you are, for me, I don't know why cool was always used. I was going to say, you have such a thing with being cool. I do because it was just like everything surrounded by like, are you cool or are you not cool or you did something that was cool or you're perceived as being cool. It created this situation where it was constantly looking for like external validation to be able to feel like I'm, I'm enough or I'm good enough. When you get that validation, it's great. But when you don't, you can also be invalidated at the same time. And it's contingent on other people, other places, other things that real or imagined are determining that for you. It's the water bottle. Like and, if you're in a crowd of the super cool kids, are they going to value you at seven ninety nine? Are they throwing a, a higher price tag on me? Or if I you're with your about. grandparents and they're like, oh, no, you're worth this much and really who you are isn't changing. Yeah. It's the people that you're looking to price you or validate you. Exactly. So I think that's, it's a super interesting concept. But again, I think you lose out on so much in playing that game and getting caught in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
love that Brene also says that authenticity demands wholehearted living and loving, even when it's hard, even when we're wrestling with the shame and fear of not being good enough, and especially when the joy is so intense that we're afraid to let ourselves feel it. I have felt that before sometimes where there's something really wonderful happening and I almost catch myself feeling like, what if this is not real or, or, oh my gosh, it's going to end. Or there's this weird mental thing that I do feeling like I've got to almost like live outside of that moment in order to make it real. Does that even make sense? Sometimes I, I don't know. I feel like I do that and it, maybe it's me just living in the future too much, but this really spoke to me where she just says like wholehearted living even when it's hard, even when we're wrestling. And then especially when that joy is really intense to let ourselves feel it. That's such an interesting thing for me. And I think feeling all of the feelings too. I used to feel really shameful about being a crier. And I used to like, if I felt like I was going to cry, I used to just try so hard to just like shove it down, stuff it down and not feel it and not be that way. And I'm definitely more of just now like a you know, this is just who I am. I feel like when I see people kind of feel like they need to dim their light, you just see them. It, it's sad. You, I can see when someone feels like they have to be small in order to fit in or in order to be accepted instead of like, if you have a really loud laugh, like laugh loud. Or if you have a lot to say, feeling like you can speak up and give your opinion or if you are a weepy person, like letting those emotions out, I think that a lot of people feel like in order to be accepted, they have to kind of dim their light or dumb down or temper who they are. Yeah, I think for sure. I think there definitely is a, a balance in, in understanding how to work through that. That's something that I struggled with, especially as a kid, being like temperate or temperance. Mm. I always love these little notes I get back from my elementary school teachers that were like, Neil has problems with self-control. <laughs> or like, I still have them. It's hilarious. But but it is kind of being able, like knowing, and, and I think as you get older, you learn how to do that better where it's, it's like, okay, I, I need to be able to be more authentic or express how I feel or share or do these things. And then on the flip side of that, do it in a way that's not overbearing because I'm like, man, sometimes in certain situations, oddly enough, like I feel like I can be overbearing. Well, there's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference I think between being self-aware and being considerate or feeling like you can't be yourself. Like you're so uncomfortable trying to fit in that you're not even who you are. Here's an example of that. I watched you do that with my family at first, I think, when you first joined my family and you felt a lot of shame. I was afraid of your family. Well, well, okay. My (laughs) family's very intense. I I will give you that. But also because we went into getting married, having told my whole family about your struggle with pornography addiction, I think there were many years where you felt like you had to just kind of be a fly on the wall and not really show much of your personality and not say a whole lot. And then I think that once you finally embraced who you are, just like she's saying here, and you felt like, Kate, you know what, this is me. And 
allowed my family to see who you really are. I think that you felt happier and I think they felt more love toward you too, right? And I think that that's where a lot of times these really deep friendships happen in 12-step meetings where people just show up and they're exactly who they are. I feel like sometimes I know somebody who I've been to two meetings with better than somebody who I've sat through two years of church with because they're just super real. I think that, yes, self-awareness, reading the room, all of those things are important, but but there's a difference between that and just feeling like you have to play small and be small enough so that you don't outshine other people or make them feel uncomfortable or just kind of fit in. And anytime I find myself doing that, and I still, there are still situations where I'm tempted to do that. My high school reunion, I was kind of like, oh, how's this going to be like seeing all these people that I haven't seen? And, and my, the greatest mind shift for me was to just go, how do I make this about them? How do I serve other people? How do I love them? Then I'm, I, I actually think it's kind of selfish to be like, oh, how do I fit in? Because you're just think, then you're just thinking about yourself. I think when we hear people talk about authenticity, a lot of times the go-to is social media. Like, oh, social media is evil. People aren't authentic or people need to be more authentic. And, and I don't disagree with that. I feel like we've really made an effort to be very authentic in every way. And I, I want people to feel like if they met me or met you, that we would be exactly what they expected. That's really important to me. But I also think that it's not so much just social media. I honestly think that if we're really taking a deep dive look at our authentic relationships, it's with where she says, like, have the courage to set boundaries and to be imperfect and to be exactly who you are and allow other people to be exactly who they are. Like, think about some of your closest relationships. Do you kind of put on a certain face or a certain facade so that other people validate you or so that you keep the peace or whatever, or you kind of let people do things that do cross those personal boundaries. I think being authentic means being clear and kind and setting boundaries and saying yes when you mean yes, but saying no when you mean no and not saying yes when you mean no. And I think that to me, the pursuit of living authentically, it's easier for me to be authentic online. And maybe that's just because of a lot of practice through all the years. But I feel like seeing a neighbor who says like, hey, how are you doing? And to be real and be authentic with them in that moment is harder than putting on some like Instagram post where I pour out my heart. That's just me though. But how do you feel about that? Yeah. Well, I think it can be tough. And I was just thinking about while you're talking, I'm like, well, how do you do that? How, how do you be authentic? Because sometimes it can be weird in a situation to even know, like, you, you can get totally, you can overthink it. I think like, well, am I being too authentic or walking away from a situation and totally evaluating like, hey, was I weird there or did that go? Was I myself? One thing that I think I remember hearing my brother would do public speaking and I think he was part of like Toastmasters, which is an organization they do kind of public speaking and whatnot. And one of the things they talked a lot about was speaking from the heart was mm-hmm. like the importance of like when you speak speak from your heart and that will, you'll automatically do all of the things that 
make a great speaker great. If you're feeling those things, it'll come through. Mm -hmm. And I've thought a lot about that. And that's kind of the focus or emphasis of sharing. We talk about sharing in a 12-step meeting or sharing our feelings, our, our thoughts, our what's, what's in our heart. I've really tried to think about that. And I think when we're talking about authenticity, if you're sharing your heart and you're feeling it, I think so much more of communication is a transfer of that feeling. And those are the things that really matter and that stick with people and, and how we influence each other is it's a matter of the heart in what we're saying. And a lot of times it's like, you don't even remember what someone said. Sometimes a lot of times maybe you do, but it is kind of the, how did I feel when I walk? Like I remember feeling or in this communication with this person, they made me feel a certain way. They made me feel understood or loved or whatever. But it's because of the transfer of emotion or like the, the heart that was involved in the communication. So I think a lot of it has to do with just from the heart being authentic and genuine in, in reaching out to people. But if we're afraid or fearful it's almost impossible to really tap into that power. Okay, the final thing I wanted to just unpack here is where she says, exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we are all made of strength and struggle and nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe that we are enough is really powerful to me. And I think recognizing where she says that we're all made of strength and struggle there was so much of my life that I went through thinking that there's there's a almost like a capstone that you reach. And that once you cross that threshold, that you have made it and that there isn't a struggle anymore. And that once you get married or once you have a family or once you are a grandparent or whatever, that there's no more struggle, that you kind of figured it out. And the honest truth is, Everyone around you is just trying to figure it out. We're all just making it up and trying to figure it out and trying to gain wisdom and hopefully gain wisdom from other people who have already made some of the mistakes that we want to avoid or learning from people who have figured it out a better way. But really that recognition that, oh, we're all just struggling and, and that we all have our different strengths too. I think allows everybody, I think it would have allowed you if you had like really looked at becoming a member of my family from that viewpoint, if you had had more compassion for yourself and for others going like, hey, they have their struggles too. And so do I. And I have my own strengths that they don't know about yet. I think it would have allowed you to feel what you eventually felt and what I see you feeling now when you're with my family. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's totally accurate, you know, and, and it's, it is interesting. I think a lot of these barriers have to do with just ourselves. I think in that example, it was just me mm -hmm. and I just, just feeling the, I guess the shame of it, just kind of like, Hey, I brought negative things to this family. I caused problems or, or maybe I'm perceived a certain way. I don't know. And so it was trying to figure that out and really feel out kind of what I was thinking and just not knowing how to how to navigate that. But now I look at it and I think that just in sharing 
in different moments who I am and understanding who they are. You build that relationship and that love and that mutual respect. And it's just really cool to see the difference in how that relationship is enacted. And I think there's just a lot of love and a lot of res- respect mutually in between all of us. And, and it's cool. I, I love that. I truly love your family. You know, I, I truly love your mom and, and your dad. And, and they love you. And I think that if, for anyone who's wondering, like, my family was always nice to you. It's yeah, like I was never were like or... treated poorly or anything. No, but I think that that's just it is a lot of us. It is inside of our heads. And going all the way back to like junior high days, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, people don't accept me or maybe I'm not friends with so-and-so or whatever. And like most people are just going about their day thinking about themselves. They're not walking around going like, I'm strategically going to treat this person this way, you know? And it's, it is, it's mostly, if not all in our heads. So I think that Again, going back to that compassion of knowing that we're all struggling, we all have our different strengths, and then leaning into the authenticity of I'm exactly who I am and other labels and other situations and other people's perception of me doesn't change who I am. And the more I can lean into knowing that and living in that identity, the more authentically happy and fulfilled and peaceful I can be. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.